Day 20. Pride before the fall. Daniel 5, verses 1 to 31. Today, we will look closer at Daniel chapter 5, which we read over yesterday. Belshazzar lived decades after Nebuchadnezzar's passing away. He was the eldest son of Nabonidus, the king of Babylon. His father had put him in charge. He was recognized as a king in proxy of his dad. On the eve of his fall, Belshazzar saw a supernatural hand writing a message on the wall while throwing a party. He knew it was some kind of message to him, so he offered his wise men a reward if they could tell him its meaning. No one was able to help him at first, which terrified him even more. His mother, the queen, remembered that the elderly Daniel could help. Daniel was called for and offered wealth and promotion if he could interpret the writing. God showed Daniel what the writing on the wall meant. Many, many, tekel and parson. Because these were Semitic words, only Daniel, who was of Hebrew origin, could read them. All three words, many, tekel and parson, were kinds of weights used for measuring substance and value. So, how did Daniel draw meaning out of these words? He explained that many meant that God had evaluated the life of Belshazzar and found him valueless, and his days were now coming to an end. The double usage of meni doubly emphasizes this point. Tekel, a much lighter weight than meni, was God's way of saying that this man was without substance, his attitude to God and life was too light. Parson carried a double meaning. On the one hand, it was a kind of weight, but the consonants P, R, and S also meant to divide in two. Two kingdoms, the Medes and the Persians, would combine to take over the Babylonian kingdom. There are at least six signs of pride in Belshazzar that we can glean from these verses. 1. He tried to impress elite people. Belshazzar was throwing a huge party for a thousand of his closest friends, the elite of the empire. This was not because he cared for them, but because he had lived his life trying to impress them. Each person there was another stroke of approval for his ego. Instead of glorifying God, he glorified himself. 2. He prioritized self-gratification. There were no limits to this party. Every appetite was meant to be satiated. There was rich food, bottomless cups of wine and the most beautiful woman in the land, his many wives and concubines. Despite his best efforts, this drunk king's devotion to pleasure must not be confused with real happiness. A headlong immersion into sensuality is usually an attempt to compensate for the emptiness of soul that comes from a lack of spirituality. 3. He did not prioritize learning from others. Belshazzar's great-great-grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had once been exalted and had become arrogant. But then God had humbled him and helped him understand that the Most High God is the one who really has the power. Belshazzar knew the story well, and still he chose to exalt himself against God. Pride causes us to think we know better than those who have gone before us. 4. He suppressed what he knew. God is more merciful to us when we genuinely do not know about him and his ways. 
But when we do have some knowledge, as Belshazzar had, he holds us accountable for that. Belshazzar took this sin one step further. He purposefully defied what he already knew. He did not just act apart from what he knew about God. He acted against what he knew about God. This is a surefire way to draw God's wrath against oneself. Five, he mocked God. At the height of his party and drunkenness, Belshazzar ordered that the gold and silver cups, which had decades earlier been taken from the Jerusalem temple, be brought out for the next round of drinks. He then led everyone in a toast to their gods, to Marduk, Nabu, Bel and Ishtar, as a way of mocking the God of Israel. Daniel rebuked him for his failure to honour the God who holds your life breath in his hand and who controls the whole course of your life. Six, he held parties when in fact he should have been praying. It is likely that Belshazzar knew that the army of Cyrus of Persia was imminently going to attack the city of Babylon. Yet, instead of admitting his vulnerability, repenting of his sins and calling on God for help, he instead projected an image of strength, inviting the leaders of his empire to come celebrate the strength of his empire. He may have fooled himself and others, but soon he would be shown for the arrogant fool he was. That very night, he would be executed by Cyrus. In conclusion, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humility is the opposite of pride. In most cases, doing the opposite of Belshazzar is the way to receive God's grace. With this in mind, humility means living for God's glory, not our own. Finding our joy in God learning from the mistakes of others, cherishing what God has already shown us, honouring God as the one who gives us our every breath, and finally, letting our vulnerability drive us to our knees in prayer. What about you? In your own life, which of the six signs have you noticed when you become proud? Why not turn your reflection into prayer?